This is the When Life Happens podcast, the real podcast all about helping real people overcome real life issues successfully. And since life never stops, let's get after it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the When Life Happens podcast. I'm your host, William Jackson, and I'm so excited. Woo! Why? Because we have another opportunity to live, learn, and grow together. And I am extremely excited about what we're going to talk about today, because I think if we get this right, if we stop and pause and take a moment to address this issue, it literally has the power to release freedom, not just in our lives, but in our entire bloodline. So today we are going to talk about the art of generational healing, where we are interested and invested in creating a space that we can travel back down through the corridors of our history and figure out where may be some pockets or some doors or some rooms that may not have been addressed because what we don't address and what we don't take the intentional moment or a moment of intentionality to heal, we will hand off to those that are coming behind us. So uh, I'm excited about this topic because if we stop and address the generational trauma, a lot of times we go through life and we have the tendency to think of the things that we're experiencing as only isolated incidents where we think that the things that we are experiencing only are affecting us, that these are new issues, that these are things that may have only uh, you've been embraced or you've experienced in your own particular life. And we don't stop and say, have I seen this before? Has this been traced back to those who went before me? Where did this come from? Where is the origin of this pain, this trauma, this issue? Now, there are certain things that we walk into that happen because of our own decision making, because of our own experiences, because of things that are out of our control in our lifetime. But there are a lot of things that happen because those who have gone before us may not have taken the intentional moment to heal. And what you don't heal, you will hand off to those that are coming behind you. So this conversation started because I was talking to one of my closest friends and he sent me an excerpt from uh, this book. And the quote said, what is not transformed will be transferred. And we started having this dialogue and I started to express to him some of my thoughts behind this, because I believe that generational curses survive on the heels of the people's inability to heal a specific trauma pain event or something that they experienced and what is not healed will be handed off to those that are coming behind. So it's important. I'm talking about like five alarm fire important for us to stop and say, Hey, what do I need to do to identify what I've been facing that may have been passed down to me? 
in conjunction with some of the things that I may have been experiencing throughout my own course of or time of living that I need to address now so that we can cut the head off the snake so that we can stop passing these issues down from generation to generation to generation. So we're going to talk about generational healing, how we can go from scabs to scars. And it's going to make sense in a little bit. So we're going to read an excerpt from my book, When Life Happens. And the title of the chapter is actually Scabs to Scars. It's the process of going from open wounds to closed, healed experiences. Because so many times we go through life and just in a natural sense, I, I can tell you that there have been so many times in my life from childhood up until now where I may be doing something and I have no idea. I don't know if you've ever been in this place where you were just doing something, you were finishing a task and all of a sudden you looked down and saw blood and you're like, where is this coming from? I have no idea where it comes from. And then all of a sudden you start tracing it back and you realize, oh, shoot, I'm bleeding. And I don't even remember being injured because I'm moving so fast and we keep it moving and I can bump something or scratch something. And I don't even stop to identify if there's a space where there has been a breach or a wound or a bruise or an injury because I'm so used to just just keep going, just keep moving, keep pushing. And I'll look down and see blood and I'll be like, wow, I don't even remember being hurt. And so I'll stop and, you know, I'll tend to the womb. And if I need a Band-Aid, I'll put a Band-Aid on. But then after a while, you know, you, they say you have to take the Band-Aid off to let it air out so that it can develop a scab. And we're going to talk about scabs and, and the importance of identifying these, not just a natural sense, but in an emotional, in a spiritual, in a mental sense. And I'll see a scab, and as soon as it closes up, I think that I'm good. So I'm like, okay, cool. This is closed. I see a scab. I'm not bleeding anymore. So I can get back to doing what I was doing. But the, the sensitivity of a wound that has a fresh scab is that it can easily be reopened. And I think that a lot of times we've been passing down scabs that are semi-closed wounds from generation to generation. We've been passing down wounds that may not have been completely healed, but we've experienced a sense of partial healing. And when we experience partial healing, we think that it's okay for us to just get back out. Hey, hey, I feel good. I'm not bleeding anymore, or I'm not coughing anymore. I'm not crying anymore. I'm not angry anymore. So let me just jump right back out there and do what I was doing even though I may not have experienced complete healing. And as soon as the wound closed, boom, I'm back out there to doing exactly what I was doing before. But if we're not careful and we get to the place where we're experiencing these semi-closed wounds, we will consistently pass down the traumatic experiences of our past or of those that went before us because we haven't taken the moment of intentionality to heal completely. So let's go to the excerpt from 
When Life Happens. That's the book there. If you don't have it, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Book Baby. If you just type in When Life Happens, William E. Jackson, you'll see it. It's over my shoulder here. And uh, this book, I'm telling you, is going to transform your life. This is chapter 12 from Scabs to Scars. And then we're going to dive in and figure out how we can actually discover ways to create pathways to generational healing. All right. So it says this living a happy, well-rounded life can be great. Unfortunately, inevitably, there will be things in life that cause us great emotional damage. So we'll stop there. It's important and imperative enough to know that when we are traveling through life, we should be able to have a sense of emotional and mental intelligence to know that we are going to experience things that cause us pain, that there is nothing in life that states or that shows us or that has been a precursor for us to say that there will never be any heartbreak, there will never be any pain, there will never be any loss, and I think it's important to really grasp that concept because if you expect something or if you have an idea that it may be coming at one portion of your life or one part of your life or another, when it does come, you have more of an ability to embrace it and to travel through it and to heal effectively. It's the things that we don't expect that pop out of nowhere that have the ability to literally destroy everything that we've built. That has the, uh, the propensity to literally just throw our entire life off course. It's the hit that we didn't see coming. And I'll talk about those type of events in the book, in the chapter, what the heck was that? That's the name of the chapter. What the heck was that? Have you ever had those moments? where this just came out of nowhere. And you're saying, what the heck was that? Where did that even come from? Those are the moments that actually have the ability to shake your entire foundation. So inevitably, there will be things in life that will cause us great emotional damage. Sometimes the things we go through can cause catastrophic damage, which can leave us Sometimes the things we go through can cause us catastrophic damage, which can leave us battered, broken, and bloodied. Have you ever been through something that made you feel that although the pain was emotional, that you physically were left battered and bruised? Have you been in that place where you've experienced some heartbreak or some pain that literally made you feel it physically to where it made you sick or you felt like your heart was ripped out of your chest? It's those moments in a natural sense when we are cut open by traumatic events, the healing process usually involves scabs and scars. Right. In an emotional sense, those are the moments that usually stick with you and take a while to heal. But in a natural sense, when we're cut open by traumatic events, the healing process usually involves scabs and scars. These are the events in life that occur that cause us internal wounds. Those are the most dangerous. It's the ones you can't see because we become masters at internalizing. That the things that we faced, we tuck it away, we keep it pushing, and we think that as long as I am productive, 
that I don't need to pause to identify or address the things that are going on inside of me. So that's what happens is that those are the things that cause us internal wounds. These wounds are often experienced when our innermost areas are penetrated, like when you fall in love, when you get married, when a child is born, or even when you open your own business. These types of events cause us to become completely emotionally invested in the event. That's why some people have said, I will never fall in love again, or I will never jump back into a deep situation. Why? Because I was completely emotionally invested in that last event. And when you are completely emotionally invested and you get hurt and wounded in that deep space, oh, that scar, that scab, that internal wound, that travels with you. There are things that people experience that stick with them throughout the entire course of their lives that may have happened when they were five. And now they're 75 and still experiencing the, the causes and the effects of what happened to them 70 years ago. That's why people sometimes have a, a tendency to say, I'm never getting back into something. Can I be very honest with you? There have been several times where I said never. I will never do that. I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to be that open again. I'm never going to be that vulnerable. And what I was saying was, I am too hurt right now to even open up and be accessible. But when you heal and you heal for real, you, you are now ready to be put back in a space where one, you can learn from what happened, but two, you can be exposed to the actual thing that you wanted and needed and prayed for because you've experienced the counterfeit and now you have the wisdom and you have the strength and you have the tenacity and you have the character to sustain what you prayed for so long ago. Me saying I will never do that again was saying I'm hurt. Which is, it was me saying I'm, I'm still wounded, I haven't healed. That's, a, that's an indicator. When you hear people to say I will never, Never, I will never do that again. That's just saying, okay, that's a place where I haven't healed completely, right? So um, these events pull on our internal forces, such as our mind, our heart, and our soul. Much like when physical wounds take place, the more effort you put into an event mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, the more damage that can be done if the event goes south and ends badly. So in the, this is the place of the, the chapter where we start talking about scabs, right? Because it's imperative to know the difference between the two. And I'm going to show you how to identify them both in the natural and the mental, emotional, spiritual uh, realms as well, right? So a scab is a hard coating of the skin that is formed over the wound to allow the wound to heal. Why is that important? Because there are times in your life where you have to put on a covering or where you have to become more guarded so that you can heal effectively. The people that are unable to heal are the people that continuously 
experienced blow after blow after blow in the same area. Going back to the example, like if I scratch myself and I was bleeding and I put a bandaid on it and I put a bandaid on it, apply pressure to it and then stop the bleeding and then jump right back in and then I scratched it again. The propensity is that the probability of that wound healing now has lessened because I took another blow to that same space. And sometimes people continuously say, okay, I experienced this hurt, but I'm still going to be open. I'm still going to be vulnerable. I'm still going to put myself out there. And my challenge is always this. There are some times where you have to establish a boundary so that you can heal. Where you have to establish a place where you can be covered, where you can protect that wound. Because if you continue to expose it without actually healing it, there is a high probability of you being hit in that same space and that wound now gets deeper. And that's when it's harder to heal because you experienced a wound, you were injured, you exposed it again, you got hit in that same space, and now that wound got deeper. And the deeper it goes, the harder it is to heal. So there are times where you have to put on a, a coating or where you have to be covered, where you have to be protected, where you have to establish healthy boundaries so that you can heal. It says that after we identify that it's a hard coating of skin that is formed over the wound to allow the wound to heal, they are confirmation of recent trauma. Can, can I give you something? For those who may be dating or those who may be interested in relationships, these are the type of conversations that you need to have early on. Like, do you want kids? That's great. Like, do, are you, you know, are, what do you like to do? What's your favorite color? Those are great. But when you start asking questions like, hey, when was your last most recent traumatic experience? Look, I can hear you right now. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's a lot. Yes, it is. But if I don't know when the last or most recent trauma is, I can't assess that if you are, in fact, in a place where you are ready for what I'm ready for. Now, that does not mean that we won't, you know, continue to build a business or friendship or relationship. That just gives me an awareness that if you have had a recent trauma, OK, there may be something there that we need to be cautious about in going in. When you are in a space where you can express your most recent wound, your most recent trauma, you don't have to go into details, but to say, yeah, you know, I did experience some recent heartbreak about a year ago. So what that does for me, what does that do? That gives me a point of awareness now to say, one, am I ready to travel with you through the healing process? And two, it gives me an opportunity to lessen my ability to take things personal. Like if someone's hurt and they are reacting out of their pain, nine times out of 10, you're able to say, okay, that was just because you were hurt. That was because you just got your wisdom teeth pulled. That was just because you just had a injury. So the things that you were saying out of that emotion were not necessarily directed at me, 
but it was from the root of your injury. So then that lessens my ability to take things personal if I know that you had recent trauma. So if I have that knowledge, I'm armed with an awareness to know that maybe if you react to something and to me, it doesn't make sense. The reaction doesn't justify the cause or it appears that you're reacting to something deeper than what's actually happening in this moment. I now have the awareness to say, oh, OK, OK, but they were just recently injured or they may have residue of the trauma that they've experienced. So it gives me the opportunity to be able to extend grace and patience in a deeper way. So let's jump down. How are these scabs formed? I'm glad you asked. It's human nature to harden when you are wounded to prevent further damage. You can even see in your own personal life when you were hurt, that as a defense mechanism, you harden your heart in that area. No one wants to be hurt. And more importantly, no one wants to be hurt repeatedly. In order to prevent reliving painful circumstances, we put up barriers so that we keep painful situations at bay while we try to heal underneath. To the outside world, we appear to be okay. The hard exterior comes across as a form of protection, but in fact, it can work against the healing process. See, scabs hide the extent of the damage done underneath. With a scab hiding what damage may have been caused, it can create a false sense of healing that makes a person feel as though they have healed completely, when in fact, they are still healing. If a person moves back into a potentially toxic environment before healing totally, the potential of reopening the wound is high. We just discussed that. Much like natural scabs, if it's bumped, grazed, or pressed hard enough, the original wound will be exposed again. When this takes place, this is key. The healing time is doubled. When we open up wounds that have not been healed completely, when we bump into or reopen a scab, the healing time now is doubled because now not only do I have to heal the wound, but I have to reclose the scab. That's why it's important for us to really see that partial healing is one of the greatest downfalls of the healing process because it causes people to jump back into similar situations before being ready. It's like athletes. I see it all the time where they may have, especially in football, you may twist your ankle or you may have taken a hit that puts you into concussion protocol. The tendency is to say, I'm good. You hurt something, you twist something, you feel something pull, but because you want to get back in the game to support your team, you'll put your own healing at risk. And that's what a lot of us do. Because we want to jump back in to make sure that we are there for other people or make sure that we're there to support those who need us so that we will jeopardize our own healing process and not take the time that we need to effectively heal because we got to get back out there because people need us. But if I don't heal and I am not in a space where I am giving my authentic self, that what I am doing is I'm giving you a fragmented version of me. 
And the problem with a fragmented version is that fragments are jaded, they're sharp, and they're rugged. Why is that important? Because so many people are getting hurt and injured because they're coming in contact with the jaded, jagged, rough version of us, and they're getting cut in the process. When people are trying to support you, when people are trying to be there for you, when people are trying to intentionally invest in you, because we have not healed, they come into the jaded, jagged, rough version of us, and they get cut on the pieces of our fragments. And then what was initially intended to be a blessing now becomes a curse because we don't have the ability to sustain and hold on to and maximize the opportunity. There are a lot of situations, whether it be in business, whether it be in relationships, whether it be in friendships, that people jump into these situations without totally healing. And then they risk the opportunity or lose the opportunity because people get cut on our fragmented pieces. And then that causes them to withdraw their desire to invest, to be there, to connect, to support. And then we lose out on the opportunity. How many opportunities have people lost out on because they didn't take the intentional moment to heal, to stop and heal? Because if you heal, then you're in a space where the fragmented pieces move from scabs or open wounds or opportunities to hurt other people because that's how hurt people hurt people is because when you're hurt and you're fragmented, your pieces cut other people. When we take the time to intentionally heal, not only do we heal our lives, not only do we heal our minds, not only do we heal our hearts, not only do we heal our spirits, our souls, our bodies, is that we prevent this from being passed on to the generation that's coming behind us. I wonder how much trauma, how much pain, how many generational occurrences are being passed down through the birth canal. When a baby is being born and it's a part of the mother, not only are they experiencing feeling what's happening on the inside of the, of the womb of the mother, but what's also being transferred is all of the things from the mother and the father that have happened mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and they come out reflecting those things. Maybe, maybe if we got to the point where we could say, hey, this child just cries uncontrollably. Maybe instead of saying that they just don't sleep, maybe it's important to stop and say, hey, could something have been passed down? Could they be feeling what I was feeling when I was pregnant? Or maybe are there any generational things that could be affecting us? Because children are honest. They say what they feel, they express it, and babies don't have words. But you can oftentimes start picking up on indicators, even in early childhood, that may say, okay, there may be something here. So that's why it's important for us to really get to the place where we are not partially healing and passing things on, that we're taking the time to heal completely. So on that topic of partial healing, 
when we're talking about people jumping back into similar situations before they're being ready, doing this is almost like jumping out of an airplane without fully checking your parachute. <laughs> How comfortable would you be if you ascended to 10,000 feet in the air just to hear the skydiving instructor tell you that he sort of checked the chute? I'm pretty sure your response would be nothing short of unpleasant. You may even ask, why weren't you told this before you got on the plane? If you've had that information up front, would you in fact have gone through with the jump? Hmm, I didn't think so. Tell me, why would you jump back into a relationship, venture out on another business idea, or invest your entire being into a situation when you aren't fully healed from the previous event? Scabs hide how badly hurt we really are. One thing for sure, as long as scabs are present, you are not fully healed. The key to identify scabs is in the emotional and mental impact the past situation has had on you. If you hear the name of a former spouse or you pass by the same type of business you tried to open or you run into the person who wronged you and you become upset, saddened or frustrated, odds are you are still in the scab phase. And here's the thing, that's totally natural. If you've experienced trauma, if you've experienced heartbreak and you run into that same person and a lot of times you don't get the closure from someone who hurt you, you just have to sort of move on and travel through life. It's natural to have those feelings, but those are indicators that you haven't healed yet. Because if I see you and I get upset just at the sight, at the thought, then something in me is still connected to you. Because when I heal completely, I sever that tie. So that's why it's important to heal. The truth lies in the famous Proverbs. Time heals all wounds. It takes time to recover. When you're injured, you must take certain precautions. You have to treat the wound with medicine. You have to bandage the wound. Then after time has passed, you have to remove the bandage and expose it so that wound can breathe. This is the same format that we should take in our internal wounds. You have to take time to treat the wound with the medicine needed for healing, whether it be prayer, working out, meditation, watching sports. Find a positive activity that provides you the opportunity to replace your hurt with happiness. The key word here is positive. Turning to toxic vices to release tension often does more harm than good. Treating an injury with the wrong medication can cause serious side effects and may often do irreparable damage. After the positive medicine application to the damaged area, you then have to bandage the wound. There will come a time in life where you have to shut yourself off from social media, electronics, and society in order to wrap yourself in the love of family, the safety of solitude, and in the strength of seclusion so that you can heal. Sometimes you have to be intentional about shutting off. Where you say, hey, this is just a time, a season, a moment where I gotta close in and be intentional about my healing process. How often have you set up times to say, I'm just not going to go on there. I'm not going to be out on the scene. I'm gonna get off social media for a minute. Because as we become addicted to those things and we are exposing ourselves to everything we're taking in as a result, 
we create a toxic energy that makes healing take longer. So sometimes you got to shut off. Sometimes you got to shut off. You will be surprised how refreshed you will feel by closing yourself off to the social scene to detox once in a while. I challenge you to do that every now and then. Just schedule times to detox. You know who I find are the most happiest in life? Are people who don't have access to all of the channels of social media, society, and even social experiences. The people who are in their own bubble, in their own lane, they're happy. Because I don't have all of this influence. I don't create a space now where I'm uh, being affected by the spirit of comparison or I am now judging myself through the lens of what society and culture deem as acceptable. So every now and then you got to schedule a detox. It's important to take time to flush your system. A lot of people are unable to heal because the environment they remain in. Hear me, hear me, hear me. You cannot heal in the same place where you have been hurt. This is a lot of times what happens, especially with people who have been hurt in churches or on jobs or in relationships. And you stay there and don't create a space where, hey, I need to step back for a minute. It's because while you may talk it away, you are not healing because you are constantly in that environment. And every time you go back, it is a refresher of what has happened to you. Every time you go back, it's like stepping back into a mental rehearsal of what took place. And it is hard to release what you continue to rehearse. It's hard to let go of the things that you will continuously face over and over and over again. If you have an offense or if you are been or if you have been wounded by someone that you are in contact with, whether it be at your job, whether it be in a relationship, whether it be in friendship, and you consistently see that person time and time again, it slows your healing process. Because I don't have a, the time to stop to remove myself to process. My process is halted every time I'm in your presence. So you have to be in a place where you're creating a space to detox. Environment is key. Being in the wrong environment after a traumatic event can cause relapse or what I like to call supplementary relief. Supplementary relief is when you add to your situation the things that feel good temporarily in hopes that what you will introduce will act as a replacement for the pain. The problem with this method is that once the high of the moment wears off, you still have to come back to the reality of your wound. Changing your environment is a form of wrapping your wound. After unwrapping yourself or your wound, you have to be willing to wait before jumping back out into the swing of things. Sometimes you just have to allow yourself and your wound to breathe. Can we normalize just taking moments to say, hey, I just need a beat. I just I just need time to breathe. I just need to take a moment for myself. I need to just just separate for a moment and I need to get in a space where I can breathe and find clarity and be in a space where I can really, truly tap into this healing process. Because sometimes you smother the wound and you don't allow it to breathe. Those are the people that keep the wound wrapped for too long. Imagine if you had a injury and you were bleeding 
and the bandage filled with blood and you just kept it on there and never changed it. The probability of the wound healing is low because it's in the same environment of what took place. You got to take it off and just take a moment to breathe. Just say, hey, 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 this is just my breathing season. How, how about we do that? Let's start normalizing that. Hey, I just need a breathing moment. This is my breathing season. I'm going to take a week to breathe where I can regain clarity, where I can get insight on what's next, and I can actually heal effectively. You got to take time to breathe. This time is critical to healing. Making the mistake of not allowing the time to breathe, process, and consider your next move can cause you to miss signs and ultimately land in the same situation again. When you don't take time to heal and breathe, you don't take time to learn. The breathing process is the learning process. It's a moment to say, okay, what happened here? Where did this come from? Was I in a place where I was ready? Or was I in a place where I had no idea what was going on and the things were affecting me in ways that I had no control of? And we hear people say, you know, things like this is just how I am. Is it? Is it? Is this really how you are? Or could it be that these are some traits that have been passed down through generations? People say, you know, I'm just quick tempered. That's just, we're all quick tempered. Yeah, that's something that generationally needs to heal. Oh yeah, well, you know, we're, we're the type of men that don't talk. That's just my father didn't talk. I didn't talk. You know, my father didn't tell me the things that I needed to learn and his father didn't. And that's just how we are. These are the type of men that we are. Yeah, these are the type of men who need to heal generationally. Because you can stop what's being passed down if you take the moment to properly assess and heal. So let's talk about scars for a moment. Well, what is the major difference between scabs and scars? Why is it important to do what is necessary to make sure that the wound you are nursing reaches the scar phase? I mean, really, who wants a permanent scar? A scar is an area of tissue that replaces the normal skin after injury, creating a blemish mark or disfigurement. Scars may not be pleasing to the eye, but they serve a very important purpose. In life, it is said that experience is the best teacher. This is very true in many stages of life. As a young boy, I can remember being very inquisitive. I was a child that enjoyed the journey of exploration. The funny thing is that my excursions included a drawer in my mother's dresser or the adventure land behind the scenes of my sibling's door that said, keep out. It's funny how our minds work. We tend to want what we can't have or desire what seems to be out of reach. I can remember hearing words like, no, don't touch. And the infamous, that's hot. In my curious state, I somehow heard, yes, touch this. And that's not that hot. In my haste to prove that I knew better, I would explore the stove that I was told to stay away from or the iron that I was told would hurt the baby. You ever said that? No, no, no. Don't touch that. It hurt. It, that will hurt that baby. That'll hurt you. And ultimately, I ended up with tears and left with a scar based on my actions. Here's the truth. We are visual creatures. When we can physically see things, it makes it real for us. 
How many times can you remember situations you may have been warned about or advised against, but you heard or saw something different that made you risk it all anyway, just to end up hurt or scarred from the circumstance? The major difference between scabs and scars is that a scar holds no pain. Scabs are in the healing process, but a scar is what's left after the wound is healed. Now, there are times where you may injure yourself and with proper expeditious treatment, you can escape without a scar. But there are some things that cut so deep and penetrate so viciously that you are left with the reminder of the pain and you remember the lesson that you have learned. Scars are vital to generational healing. Why? Because a scar holds a lesson. When you heard that stove was hot or the iron was hot and you touched it anyway, and you have a scar to this day, when you look down, you remember that exact same moment. Now, how does that help generationally? It's because after I go through something and I heal effectively, the scar is a reminder and it provides me an opportunity to pass a lesson down versus passing trauma down. It gives me the opportunity to create a space to not only stop what's happening in my life from being passed on, but I then have an opportunity to create spaces of learning and development for those who come after me. When people stop and see the scars that I have, like this scar that's above my eye here, and people ask what happened, and I start to tell them about how a sinus infection spread to my brain that caused me to have a stroke that left me paralyzed, and I had to have brain surgery, and this scar was when they put a tube in my head that went up into my head, and they would use a needle about this long that they would stick into this tube in my head to drain fluid off of my brain every few hours and I can talk about the excruciating pain and I can talk about feeling the needle being pushed into my head and I have an opportunity then to say this is why you need to take care of your health this is why you need to get checked up this is why you need to make sure that you don't just let things linger I never knew that a sinus infection could cause me to have a stroke that left me completely paralyzed on the left side of my body I had no idea but my scar now of something that I came out of, it's not just an opportunity to say, look what I've been through, but it's an opportunity to say, look what I've learned. Look, look at what I learned because now I have a greater sensitivity to these areas because I went through it successfully, came out with the lesson so I could pass you on the teaching instead of the trauma. A lot of generational healing takes place when we stop and not only heal the things that are affecting us, but when have you stopped and said, what things did my father or grandfather or my mother or grandmother or my great grandparents struggle with? How were they as people? What are some areas that they probably could have been better at? Then let me go back one more generation and see, okay, why would they have been that way? What was passed down to them? What was their experience? And when you start tracing back through generations, you'll start seeing things to say, okay, you know what? These are opportunities for growth and development and the buck stops here. If the people in my family were all angry, guess what? I'm not passing anger on to my children. 
If the people in my family were all alcoholics, guess what? I'm not passing alcoholism down to my children. If the people in my past were all violent and aggressive and mad and angry, guess what? That stops with me because I have to be intentional about healing the things that not only affect me, but that affected my bloodline so that I can stop the breach or stop the bleeding that's being trickled down into every single generation. Whatever you don't heal, you hand off. So I have to be intentional about healing the things that didn't even have anything to do with me. Why? Because if I don't stop it, I continuously let it travel through my bloodline. And generations after generations are suffering because we don't take the intentional moment to stop and identify areas of healing, growth, and development. That's my charge is to be in a place to say, okay, where do I need to heal? How do I need to get better? Every so often, check in with you. Where am I? What do I need to do? How do I need to get better? Where do I need to heal? What are some things that are affecting me that if I am not intentional about healing from the traumas of my past, the traumas of my childhood, or even understanding the things that have happened in the, the generations before, and you may not be privy to that information. You may not be privy to know what happened in the generations before you, what the experience was, but you are privy to the result of what happened to those who went before you. If the people that were in your family were angry or they were hurt or they had certain tendencies that did not foster healthy environments for you to feel loved and appreciated and safe, then we need to identify what those problem areas are so we can intentionally fix them so that I can be intentional about rewiring how I view things, my emotional approach to people, my emotional intelligence, me making sure that my mindset is in a place that is passing on healthy habits. Because if I don't learn, I leave it to someone else coming behind me to learn. And this is the thing. When it does not heal and it's passed on to the next generation, it's passed on with a greater strength. It's passed on with a greater weight. It becomes stronger. The people who come after you, your children, then experience a twice tougher battle than what you faced because every generation it gets passed down, it gets stronger. With every generation comes a greater grip, a greater stronghold. And if we don't heal it, we pass not just what we faced, but we pass down the strength. It becomes stronger. And now they're facing something double of what I faced. Now just stop for a minute and think about the things that have not been healed in your bloodline. Think about as far back as you can go. You're a great, 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 whoever you know, whoever you heard stories about, and think about it. Imagine they didn't heal and how many generations it passed down. And with every generation it passed down, it got stronger. That's why it's hard for people to have a natural sense of just breaking things or stepping out of situations because maybe this stronghold was passed down from generations and I have a tendency to get in this place and have a natural proclivity to connect with it. And once I connect with it, it's so strong because it has the strength of 50 generations. <laughs> 
That's why we got to heal. That's why we have to be intentional to say it stops here. Because if I don't heal it here, then those who come after me will have to face it stronger than what I had to face. That's why you got to be intentional of saying, hey, I need to heal here. Because what I don't stop from trickling down the bloodline into the next generation, I am risking it never being identified, addressed, eradicated, and healed. If you're in a space where you still experience certain hurts, certain certain aspects of what you're experiencing, that's an indicator that you may be in the scab phase. And you got to be intentional about your environment so you can heal effectively. Don't just say, I got to keep it pushing. Don't just say, I got to keep it moving. No, you got to stop and you got to heal. Healing is not just for you. Forgiveness is not just for you. If you don't forgive, then you pass down what? The unforgiveness to the next generation. And they won't know why they're angry. And they won't understand why they have this propensity to just blow up and snap at people. That's why we have to heal. That's why we have to forgive. That's why we have to release. Because if I don't, I'm passing it down, it gets stronger. And whatever I don't heal, I hand off to who's coming after me. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the When Life Happens podcast. I hope that you found this episode both impactful and inspiring. Before you go, like and share the show, subscribe to it, leave us a comment, rate us and review us on all podcast platforms. Your engagement helps us reach more people and create a better show. But the fun doesn't have to stop here. If you're interested in more resources and tools of how to live a fulfilled life and step fully into your purpose or purchase your copy of the life-changing book, When Life Happens, head over to www.theofficialwilliamjackson.com for more information. Until next time, keep rising, keep thriving. And remember that no matter what life throws your way, you have everything inside of you you need to overcome and succeed when life happens.